I don't know how many of you have seen this movie. It came out some years back, uh, somewhere in the mid-90s. I believe it was 1996 or so. The movie Independence Day came out. Remember that movie? Some of you may remember that movie. Uh, in that movie, you see the residents of Los Angeles waking up to a massive alien spaceship and downtown and people panicking, going crazy. And there's one scene in that particular part that um, I just want to kind of bring to the surface. And Captain Stephen Hiller, played by Will Smith, uh, in fact, uh, he, he's married uh, and whatnot, or what, uh, his girlfriend or something. She gets upset because he is in the military and he's supposed to go out and face these aliens, right? And so he's, he's there and she's, he's like, why are you so upset at me? And we can go to that first picture. And uh, she goes, why am I upset at you? Why am I upset at you? And she walks over to the window, slams open the shades and go, that's why I'm upset at you. Why? That's why. And she looks out the window and you can see this massive, ginormous, you can see pictured there, ginormous alien ship. And I'm, also the people are panicking and this riots going on. People trying to pack their cars and trying to leave the city because Los Angeles is under siege. And you know, I can't help but think about how some people approach life right now this way. Let me say, why are you, why are you so upset? Why are you so angry? And then people are like, you want to know why I'm so angry? And you turn on the TV, you go, that's why I'm angry. Some people look out their window, just like in the movie. You want to know why I'm upset? That's why I'm upset. And no matter how many times we, we are told God works those things out for the good, we have a hard time letting that process into our heart. Like, we believe it here. How many have ever believed something up here? But then when it comes down to, like, believing it in your heart, you're like, that's going to take a little longer. You ever been there? I want to talk about, we've been in this series called Move. And this is week three of this series called Move. And I want us to move in a different way this morning. I want you to think outside the boat. I want you to think outside the boat. I want you to move, and I believe God wants us all to move from panic to peace. From panic to peace. From paranoia to promise. Now, I promise you, if you give me your undivided attention, I'm going to preach short today. But here's the catch. you got to pay attention. I really believe that you can't talk about faith too much and you can't talk about fear too much because they're a constant battle at each other every day of our life. Raise your hand if you've ever dealt with fear. Raise your hand if you've ever dealt with faith. Raise your hand if you ever were like in a tug of war between faith and fear. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I don't know how many hands I can get up, but I'm here to tell you, I want you to think outside the boat for a few moments here this morning. And what am I talking about? In our society, people can't quite look out their windows without having some sort of feeling like they should feel a certain way. Can I tell you something? No one should tell you how you should feel, but I am going to tell you how you should believe. Let's sink in for a moment. I'm not trying to tell you how to feel today because feelings are feelings and everybody feels it differently. 
I can mention a football team and then all kinds of fields would happen in this place. Right? I can mention a band and some would be like, I don't like them. Others would be like, they're my favorite. Others would be like, who? All kinds of things, right? Feelings are, they fluctuate. Feelings, everybody say this, feelings fluctuate. But my faith is sealed. So I'm not going to speak to your feelings. You will have feelings. And maybe one of those feelings, maybe I want to throw something at you. You'd be like, Pastor Tony, that's not right. Maybe that's a feeling you have. And you know what? You're entitled to it. But don't throw anything at me. You're entitled to feel a certain way. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. But I am going to ask you to consider how to believe. And I'm asking you to think about it. Think outside the boat. The world is a, it has a constant state of lying to you and all of us. Now, I'm not going to ask you to walk around negative and not believe anybody for anything. I'm not asking you to walk around saying, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. I'm not asking you to live that way because that's a horrible way to live. How many believe that? How many know somebody that every, in every corner there's a devil? Every corner there's something evil or something conniving or some sort of conspiracy. Every corner. It's a horrible way to live. Now, does that mean that there are no lies? No, there are lies. Does that mean that there's conspiracy? There's things out there happening, right? But do you live that way? If you do, fear tends to creep its way in and you don't even notice it's there. So let me tell you for a moment, Christians might be tempted to, to stay home and let the world go to hell in a handbasket because you know what? I'm saved. My family's saved. We're good. That's not Christ-like either. Hello? But like, I'm saved. I don't know about you. I heard you talk earlier. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can get this, like, real righteous state. Like, I'm okay. You are another thing. (laughs) Caleb, don't laugh, man. You make me laugh. You are another story. But God's called us to be bigger than that. God's called us to move out of panic, out of paranoia, and into promise, into peace. So he says to you, peace I leave to you, peace I give to you, what? Freely. However, some people have a hard time grasping that peace. How many, in, how many know what I'm talking Don't raise your hand because some of you are like, no, I don't want to raise my hand on that one. I, 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 have a tr- I have trouble with peace. So how do you deal with panic? I'm glad you asked. The way that we deal with panic is one word. Are you ready? Control. Control. It's not just a button on your keypad. It's a way of life for some people. So I define control for the sake of this message. I define control as the human approach to attempting to have peace. If I can just control everything, I can have peace. Some of you are like, oh, dang. Just close in prayer, Pastor Tony. I don't need to hear anything else. If I could just, can I just ask you to stay with me for just a few moments? Because some of you are control freaks. Right? Don't point. Don't point. See, so I'm like, Lord, help 
the people around me right now. Right now, Lord, I don't know who they are, but Lord. Some of you get really itchy noses when I stop preaching like this. Some of you are like, man, it's really, it's really hot in here. Control is a human element. It's a human element. It's our way of dealing with it. Are you with me? Come on. Did I just, did I just hit a nerve? Some of you are like, I was taking notes till you said that. I was taking notes, Pastor Tony. Control is a human approach to wanting to feel like we have peace because if I can just control everything, I can know how it goes so I can be at peace. Can I tell you, it's a false assumption that if we can just control the things around us, we can get understanding. And then at that point, the only problem really is that it's not true. It isn't the solution. In fact, let me go, let me go a little deeper. It's not the solution. In fact, it's actually the root of the problem. Father God, I pray right now for everyone that just swore at me with their eyes. How dare you? How dare you? No, 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 it's true though. It's true. Can I be honest with you? It's true. Control is not the solution. In fact, it's the reason why we feel the way we feel. The only control you're supposed to have is self-control. And that is the hard one. So what I want to tell you is that being in control is what got us in trouble in the garden, isn't it? Think about it. Acres and 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 acres of property and land. And he says, don't touch one tree. You got all of this. But don't touch one tree. You have a whole room, but don't touch the one tree. And we're like, what, this one? What's going to happen? Can I be honest with you? That's exactly what we did. Y'all laughing. Y'all laughing, but it's not funny. We got sin now. It's a problem. Because the biggest control thing we have is what's causing all the issues. If I can just control everything, then I would have peace. And friend, that is a lie from the pit of hell. In fact, control is what got us in trouble. So let's think outside the boat for a moment since I slapped stuff around the stage here. Let's... Get to what I'm talking about for a few moments. Can I, can I get your attention for a few moments here this morning? Because I got you here. Why not? Let's talk, let's talk about it. Matthew 14 is a real simple story. Some of you have heard miscellaneous sermons on it. I've preached on it. You've heard it. But here's a story for some of you that don't know. Matthew 14, I just put the reference because some of you are prone to look up at the screen and never grab your Bibles or bring your Bibles. So today is your judgment day. Matthew 14, please bring your Bibles. For those of you online, grab your Bibles quick and turn to Matthew 14. Beginning in verse 22, we move on. 
And it says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. In other words, he said, you guys go out. I'm going to say goodbye to these people. Kind of like on Sunday morning where I'm standing in the back and some of y'all quick, some of y'all are like, I can, I can say the N word in like, amen. And some people are in their car already. They're gone. Some of y'all know God. Some of you are goners. That's okay. Pray. Just pray. Some of you like to linger. Who's a linger? Who's a linger? Some of you are like, uh-oh, the lights are flickering. Pastor wants to go. Well, the disciples were with Jesus, and Jesus said, I'm going to hang with these people. I'm going to dismiss these. You guys go ahead. And they got on the boat, and they went out. He dismissed the crowd, and he was saying goodbye to them and talking to them. And then at that point, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, verse 24, and the boat was already considerable distance from the land. In other words, it was out there, right, buffeted by the waves that was crashing against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, Walking on the lake. Question, when's the last time you walked on water? Anybody? No? It's been two weeks for me. But walking on the lake. Here's what Jesus did, right? He was walking on the water. And then right there, verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in what? Not promise. Not hope. In fear. They cried out in fear, right? But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage in his eye. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you. Peter's the one that would always come out his mouth in a different way. He was built differently than the other disciples. He, he said it first and then thought about whether he should have said it or not. Anybody know somebody like that? Some of you are sitting next to someone like that. Some of you don't know anybody like that because you are that. If nobody around you is described like that person, I'm just going to leave that right there for a moment. Say something, then think about whether you should have said it, and then you're like, oh, uh, delete. Except you can't delete it when you say it. You just want to try to grab it, but you can't do that either. But then as Peter says, if it's you, Tell me to come to you in the water. And for the first time in Peter's life, I think, he said something that made no sense in the, in the earthly realm, but all the sense in the heavenly realm. He said something physically that normal people wouldn't have said, but he was speaking in a whole different level. Tell me to come out to you. Come. Jesus said one word. Come. Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water. Y'all want to mock Peter, right? But you didn't walk on water. He did. Other than Jesus, he walked on water. Peter got out of the boat, walked on water. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was what? Full of promise and hope. No. Why? Because everybody gets afraid. They caught him. He got caught out there. He started to sink. What happened? Jesus reaches down, pulls him out of the water. Everybody said what? At the end of that, verse 33, truly you are the son of God. So let me tell you a couple things real quick. Faith and fear, right? Fear. Number one, fear leads to confusion. Fear leads to confusion. If you're taking notes, those are all my four points, and I'm going to shoot through them pretty easily. It's real simple. 
Fear leads to confusion. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says this, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. You know, God doesn't orchestrate fear in your life. Did you know that? He doesn't orchestrate it, nor does he authenticate it. He doesn't validate your fear. He doesn't say, ah, you know what? Today you can have fear. It's all right. The Bible says 365 times, fear not. Because we need it every day. Verses 25 and 26 of the passage I just read, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Jesus is constantly walking out to meet us. And we are constantly afraid even of his presence sometimes. Did you notice that? They weren't afraid because of the waves. They were afraid of who was walking out in the waves. So who's walking with you? Don't fear him. Corey Tenboom said this once. There's no panic in heaven. God has no problems, only plans. Isn't that good? I thought it was good. God has no problems, only plans. What a great reminder that we have a God that is not caught by surprise. However, he knows exactly what he has for you. Number two, faith leads to confidence. When you start believing God in things that you don't normally believe him for, can I just have this conversation with you for a moment? That's why I'm sitting down. I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm trying to give you some hope. I'm trying to tell you that faith leads to confidence in verse 27, 28. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. For some of you, Jesus has been telling you, take courage, it is I. And you're like, I can't hear you. I'm too busy drowning. I'm too busy worried. I'm too busy smothered by fear. You've heard it say, think outside the box. I'm asking you to think outside the boat. To believe him for greater things. One minute ago, he was sinking on the water. The next minute, he's got the hand of Jesus pulling him out. I don't know how many of you ever got caught on YouTube watching fails. I was going to have a series of fails. It would have been really funny. But then there's like copyright issues and stuff. So, But you ever watch, you ever got caught in the middle of YouTube, like in that corner of the internet that like has people busting their face? And you, just like a good Christian, laugh your tail off. Because these persons just slammed their face into a wall, a floor. They thought they were slick, trying to jump a fence. That's why you shouldn't be, uh, you should be on one side or the other. Don't try to hop the fence. I'm going to leave that alone. Right? Because you get hurt. You get hurt when you're on both sides of the fence. And the truth is, we watch these fails and we laugh. Because half of them you've been through. You thought you could skateboard. That is, a, that is danger on wheels. Caleb, did you ever try to skateboard? Me neither. I Actually, no, I take that back. I did one time. It was only one time I needed to. That was the last time I ever skateboarded. Because this Puerto Rican went airborne. And I didn't, I'm not talking about American Airlines. I'm talking about airborne. Almost lost my whole front. Jack me up. I said, I, I'm a Puerto Rican. Stay on the ground. I'm a land creature. I'm a land creature. Stay on the land. I'm not built to fly. I said, I can skateboard. I believe I can fly. 
Take the skateboard. Fod, I'll pay you to take it. You don't even have to buy it from me. I'll pay you. Take it away from me. Why are you laughing so hard at that joke? Because it's true, right? It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's a true story, though. <laughs> yeah, I know me. I twitch once in a while. <laughs> but people fall, people fail, and, and we, we, we lack confidence because we fail once and we think we should never do it again. Can I tell you something? There's some things that I should never do again. One of them is skateboarding. But if I fail, God, how many know I can go back to him and say, Lord, help me? Amen. And you can too. Faith leads to confidence. Third thing, fear is focused on circumstances. But when, look at verse 30, but when they saw the wind, they saw the wind. Why? Because there's some things you're supposed to believe without your eyes. Many of you see the wind, but you never see the Jesus walking on the water. And that's what causes the issues that you deal with. Peter saw Jesus and he said, let me come out to you. And Jesus said, what? Get out my face. Don't you dare? No. What did he say? Come. Why would he say come if he couldn't? Peter trusted, believed, and all of a sudden he's walking on water. But when he looked at the waves and he focused, and some of y'all know the story, right? But God wants to move us from panic to peace. What are you panicking about today? that you should probably hand over to him. What are you panicking for? And number four, fourth point is simply this. Faith sets eyes on Christ. Did you notice how each one, fear, faith, fear, faith? I want you to see that there's, a, there's, a, there's an answer for everything that the enemy has. And, and I want you to understand something. When you start to doubt something in your life, and I need everyone to hear this promise right now, and if there's ever something I said this morning, it's this you want to write down. When you start to feel doubt, why don't you start questioning that which brings doubt instead of questioning the thing that brings you faith? Choose to turn the tables on that doubt rather than turn the tables on why should I continue to believe? Why don't you doubt the doubt? He's brought you this far. You really think he's going to leave you? Do you really think for a moment that the God who brought you this far is going to leave you? Doubt the doubt. Come on, tap your neighbor right now and say, doubt the doubt. If you're taking notes and you don't know what the quote was that I just said, just write doubt the doubt. That's exactly what I'm asking you to think about. Doubt the doubt. Doubt the fear. Because the very thing that's causing you not to believe is the very thing that's brought you off track. Not everything that I'm going through is now causing me not to believe. Why don't you look at the thing that's causing you and pulling you away from trusting God? Why don't you doubt the doubt and become a person of faith that way? So here's my response to you. And it's simply found because immediately when Peter sunk, you know that the Bible says immediately. Jesus reached out. Jesus wants to immediately reach out to you right here today. And how do we do that? 
We start realizing that the Holy Spirit that lives within us gives us the faith to believe him. And I want to tell you this. Psalm 143 says this. Psalm 143, verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Look at the screen. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust, say with me, in you. And then he goes on to say, show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Come on, how many know that we should memorize that verse? How many are prepared to memorize that verse this week? Who's with me? How about this is a verse that we need to say every single morning? How many, we, how many realize that this is something we should print out in our mirror? With you powdering your nose, you're getting ready for work, and you're like, and then you see that card and you say, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. While you're grabbing your deodorant, you're putting it on or spraying it on, however, you know, you work it out and you think it to yourself, show me the way I should go today. Because what you believe the first thing in the morning will often lead to how you believe the last point of your day. Let's start off right. Amen. Can I tell you something? We have to realize that in our lives, there's a very real truth. And the truth is, doubt the doubt is better than fearing your faith. Because many of you live in a way that you say, you, know, you would never admit that you're fearing faith right now. You would never say, you know what? I'm struggling that I may walk away from Jesus today. Most of us won't say that because we don't want to seem strange. But we're quicker to challenge our faith rather than challenge the thing that's challenging our faith. Are you here? Is this making sense? I hope, I hope I'm translating that and not telling me if I'm not. We should challenge the thing that challenges our faith, not challenging the thing that questions Right? We, we, should, we should put ourselves in a position of offense saying, why shouldn't I believe God for this? Why shouldn't I follow him and believe him for greater things in my life? Why shouldn't I move and take the step of faith? I'm surrounded by him, ain't I? So this, this is how we do it. We trust, we move, we fight. What areas in your life are causing you to fear. Today, think outside the boat. Come on, bow your heads with me right now. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are all-sufficient, all-powerful, and you surround me by your presence. And I'm asking you, surround us with your glory in Jesus' name, that we may find our place in you. We trust you, we believe you, and we honor you today. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said,